Hello and welcome back to the Bottom Bins podcast. This is our sixth instalment in the World Cup series. Probably should have mentioned as well, you are listening to the world's number one football podcast as voted for by the four, the four, the four of us in the room. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, we hope you've been enjoying the content. We've been trying our best to just pump out as much as we can um, and try and keep you as, as, as informed on the World Cup as you possibly can be. So jumping straight into this episode, what we're going to be doing today is we are going to be reviewing the quarterfinals and then previewing the semifinals. Obviously, again, boy, some massive results over the weekend, some mm-hmm. big, big shocks once again in this World Cup. So I'll come to you first, Oren. Mm-hmm. Come to you with the biggest shock of all, Croatia. They've knocked everybody's favourite, Brazil, out of the tournament. Mm-hmm. How did you feel about the game? What did, what did you think? Croatia deserved winners or...? Mm, well, look, they done what they needed to do. So you'd say they're deserved winners in that aspect, like it's on the job. Um, I was disappointed with the game. Didn't think the game had all too much. Look, Neymar's goal was fabulous. But I didn't think the game had too much. I was expecting Brazil to go out and blitz them. Um, I don't think Croatia will go any further. I think they've run their luck. Um, but then again, they've beat the favourites. So what what can you say? Yeah. Um, Brazil have sacked their manager. It's just... It's not what I expected. I expected Brazil to walk this World Cup, to yeah. be honest. And I think everybody did. And we were all talking on this podcast last week about, oh, who's Brazil going to face in the next round or whatever. And it just hasn't turned out that way. No. Um, which is fine. And it shows how good this World Cup has actually turned out to be. Um, and we're getting used to these sort of shock results that we've seen throughout this World Cup. And I, don't, I just think... Brazil should have done a lot better and they've sacked their coach because of it and I think that's very telling. Yeah, I think I would I would definitely agree with you, Oren. I think Brazil were definitely very lacklustre um, the other night. Oh, and I'll come to you on this one, obviously. On our last episode, me and you said that, you know, Brazil just have, or sorry, Croatia just have this knack of turning big sides over like they did it in 2018. They've done it now once again by beating Brazil. Oh, what what do you think about them, Owen? What what is it that makes them so difficult to beat in these types of games? Uh, it, the simple fact is that Croatia is a team that just refuses to lose. They're such a dogged outfit. They'll take you down to their level. They're not afraid to play the ugly side of football. They're not there to, uh, to have fans waxing lyrical about them. They're not playing the philosophy of you score three, we score four. They're there to win. They're there to get results. And as they've shown this World Cup, as they've shown in the previous World Cup, they get those results. Like, they're now the experts at penalties in World Cups. I think they've been in four World World Cup penalty shootouts. They've won four. Mm -hmm. I think something like six out of the last seven knockout games have went to extra time. Yes. Like, they just know how to bring a team to their level Mm -hmm. and bring a team to where that team doesn't want to go, but where Croatia does want to go. They had some really strong performers uh, against Brazil. Vardial was a rock in the fence. Yep. Zorro was my dad, I was calling them because <laughs> the mask he was wearing. He seemed to be everywhere. Um, Lahovic in goal was it's just unbelievable. Yep. He made 11 saves. It was it was almost like a Tim Hard performance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Only better because he, he only let in one goal and he won the game. Yeah. Um, Reminded me a lot of Guillermo Ochoa. <laughs> World Cup hero. love on this podcast. <laughs> and there's one particular Croatian player I want to talk about. Fireball. Yo, Sev Juranovic. <laughs> I think Juranovic was unbelievable <laughs> against <What>? Brazil. <laughs> <laughs> he, oh, no. 
I love him because he plays for Celtic. Simple as that. But I I have him in the back of my jersey, which I actually gave to a Brazilian fellow, so that's probably getting burnt right now. But we'll ignore <laughs> that. Um, he pocketed Vinicius Junior. Like they had to sub Vinicius off. That's how good he was against him. It, but it wasn't just like he sat back and let Vinicius come to him and tackle him. When he got there. His philosophy of competing with Vinicius was nearly make Vinicius a defender. I'm going to drive forward at Brazil. I'm going to take the ball forward. I'm going to give the rest of the the back four that few moments rest. So there's some sort of outlet to get the ball away from the goal. So because Croatia did actually, especially in the first half, Croatia did play about with the ball a wee bit. Yeah, they did. The first 20 minutes or so was completely different from the rest of the game. The first 20 minutes, Croatia pressed Brazil and made Brazil panic a wee bit. Um, and then when the started game started going on, Chris was starting to think, okay, we can't get this extra time, we can't get this penalties. They did sort of revert back to 11 men behind the ball and the low block. But when Brazil got the goal in extra time, it kind of looked, everybody was like, okay, game's over. Chris, you've done your best. The hard luck story. But they uh, reacted really well. They got themselves back in the game. They only had that one chance. I think they only had one shot on target. Yeah. yeah. And it was the goal. Yeah. Took a deflection, a wee bit of luck about it. But you need that wee bit of luck yeah, you do. if you're going to win games. Yeah, and that's what Croatia do. They take those chances when they come. And they're just a really, really dogged outfit. And I think it's about time people start stop writing them off because they've been writing them off since 2018 and yeah. they've been proving everybody wrong week in, week out. Yeah, no, I, I think that's fair enough. Connor, I'll, I'll come to you with this one. So what would you say about Brazil then? Where where do Brazil go from here? Well, as you said, they've, they've sacked the coach. Um I thought they were big favourites to win it too. I, I did say the last podcast, France, just because of their experience, but I think Brazil has the best squad at the World Cup. You've yeah. seen like bringing boys like Anthony and all off the bench, and I thought he was good. Uh, I thought, yeah, just got to give credit to Croatia. They were just unbelievable. Even their midfield, you know, you got Modric, Brozovic, and Kovacic, and they were unbelievable. They were just stopping the threat. Uh, a few key players for Brazil let them down. Richarlison was per Rafinha. Vidic Jr., as you were saying, he got took off. It's just hard because obviously there's not another World Cup now for three and a half years and they haven't won, this will be, I've seen 24 years now. By, by the time the next one, 20, yeah. 24 by the next one. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just hard to know because Brazil, they were, they were playing exciting football, as you said. Um, they didn't uh, maybe play as well as they have, but they did have 11 shots on target. Yeah. And as Owen was saying there, the, the Croatia didn't have a shot on target to the 117th minute. Yeah. And it was a deflected goal. Mm-hmm. So they were unlucky in that way, but I thought... That's maybe where they messed up. It was, uh, it was just like the thought. Maybe they had it won, as I I think I've said this before. But I was saying, um, they're the first team to lose a knockout game in extra time after scoring first. Yes. So, it was just it was just crazy to see. But I just I think you just have to give credit to Croatia. And for Brazil, it's just gonna be a long three years. They're still a young team. I know Neymar. He may not play at the next the next World Cup, but yep. they're still a good young team. I thought. I know Neymar got the goal, but I thought they should have took him off with about five, ten minutes to go and they should have went really defensive. Even for like the, the goal they conceded, like Fred was the furthest man up the pitch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like how has that happened? I thought he was brought on to I just sure know, things up, sure things up. Yeah. <clears throat> I just thought that tactically they messed up and you know It's cost them all. It's cost them and yeah. they're just gonna have to wait another three, three and a half years. Yeah. That's can we it. talk about Neymar? Yeah, of course we can. <laughs> Neymar didn't take a penalty. Yeah. No. They kept him on. I, I agree with you, Connor. Yeah. Should have taken Neymar off because he looked, he was lackluster. He looked injured as well. He looked injured. There was just something about him. Mm-hmm. He had an off day. He scored a fabulous goal, of mm-hmm. course. Goals class. 
but you need to take responsibility when you're taking a penalty for your country in such a high pressure game mm-hmm. you need your best penalty takers to go first yeah. you should not be relying no disrespect to Marquinhos hope you're enjoying the pod Marquinhos <laughs> but you shouldn't have been <laughs> taking that some. fourth penalty yeah. last. I, I totally agree I think I think he should even went first, he but went as first, you said, yeah. at least he should go fourth because yeah. they know if we miss, we're out. Yeah, because they so, missed the first yeah. one already. And you even seen it there, Messi for Argentina, mm-hmm. first penalty taker. Van Dijk stepped up. I know he missed, but first penalty taker. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Neymar needed to step up there and put us. Like I think he should have took the first one. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. it How many times have we seen the big name player want to take that fifth penalty? Yeah. Ronaldo does it all the time. Yeah, yeah. and sometimes he, he and it, he has scored the win penalty in the yeah. past. But you cannot rely on it getting there. Personally, I feel either your biggest penalty taker takes your first one to set the tone or the third one. Because the third one's always going to be crucial no matter what happens in the penalty shootout, you're going to have to score your third one. But you can't be leaving it to the fifth. Because as we've seen with Neymar, it mightn't come. See, that's the thing. And I don't know if that was Neymar's decision himself or whether that was the coach's decision, you know, to to leave Neymar till the final penalty taker. I would say it was Neymar. I say say Neymar. He wanted the spotlight. Yeah. Yeah, well, look... He should know better if that's the case. You know, he is meant to be his country's talisman. He's the guy that, you know, like when you think of Brazilian football, like Neymar's the first person that springs to mind. He's meant to be the guy that, that is carrying this young generation on, on his shoulders, ultimately. He should have went first, no doubt about it. And ultimately, Brazil have paid a consequence because of that. But how crazy is it? Like, if Croatia don't get that goal, we're probably all talking up now more. We're like, oh, what a player. I think he equaled Pele. That's just football, Connor. But you know what I mean? Like, that's just goes. madness. But just I, the way it goes. I think at least, as Warren said, he at least had to take the fourth one. Yeah. The new, yeah. if we miss, we're out. He has to take that penalty. Yeah, yeah it's not to. like you have to submit a list to the referee of who's going up. Yeah. You can yeah, change, you can it, change on it, it on the spot. On the spot yeah. Yeah. Look, Brazil is going to see this as the one that got away this entire tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This was the one to bring Brazilian football back to get that coveted sixth star. Yeah. And it is going to, and for a long this is going to sting for Brazil because it is the one that got away They're, they they don't necessarily have an old team because they have a lot of good young players Yeah, but there's players entering their prime and Neymar is the talisman he probably won't be back Casemiro probably won't be back Thiago Silva won't be back Yeah, like that's a yeah. big core like of their team who's going to be moving on now that's a spine <coughs> that is a spine of a team yeah. right there like you know like even Marquinhos Marquinhos is 29 oh, but they'll be back at the next one Look, they were far and away the best squad. Yeah. Like when you looked at their squad, all the individual players, like before they even kicked a ball, like they were far and away the best individual squad. So to to go out in the quarterfinals to, you know, a team like Croatia who, like realistically, 2018, they did ride their luck to get to the final. But for years after that, people said, look, Croatia's a good, they're a good side, you know. Yeah. But, like, I didn't look at the, at the Croatia's squad this year and go, they have a really good chance of getting yeah. further yeah. far in this competition. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, Modric would ultimately not be able to compete, you know, at, at that level anymore. He's just completely proven me wrong. Mm-hmm. He's yeah. still... I, see if Madrid don't sign him for another year somebody is going to get Modric and whoever gets Modric is incredibly lucky yeah. because he is still could go back to Spurs he could I, I was talking to Ashton about this the other day mm-hmm. Like I think if Spurs picked him up for a year or two years that would be absolutely yeah. unbelievable yeah. business Spurs, yeah. if Croatia go on and do it 
you have to be looking at Luka Modric as one of the best midfielders of all time. He already is, is one of the best yeah. midfielders yeah. of all time. He's still, you would still say he's in the top three midfielders in the world right now, mm-hmm. like uh, at, at 37 or 38. There's no club in world football wouldn't take him. No. Yeah. And it's it, crazy. It, it, it like, didn't. They're stupid. Stupid. Yeah. See, every yeah. performance for Real Madrid, I always, like, look, I don't watch Real Madrid week in, week out, but I always see on Facebook and Twitter and stuff, it usually comes off around the 75th, 80th minute. Every single performance he comes off to a stand ovation, ovation yeah. from both home and away yeah. fans. Yeah. That's how good but Luka Modric is. He's a big game player, like as well. Oh, Even yeah, all them fully. games for him. Yeah. He was key. Fully. You know, he's a great player. It's funny after you know, after his first season at Real Madrid, um he was voted as like Real Madrid's worst ever signing by right. by Real Madrid fans. Yeah. Yeah, you fairly swallowed that pill quickly, didn't you? You know. But see what Chris, so they're like, I seen a stat there, like that was their third time getting through the group stage, and every time they've done that, they've reached at least the semi final. Have they? Yeah, that's crazy. Chris only made their debut in '98. I know. And they've been to two, uh, three semi finals so far, one final. One final. That's crazy. More to come this year, like yeah. population of four million, like mm-hmm. and Ar- like Argentina have gone. And look at some tough. of the look at some of the footballers they produced. I, oh. I the main reason I didn't really give Croatia a chance was because there was no Mandzukic anymore. Yeah. yeah, they had no elite level forward that they could go to to score goals. But I mean, they're still scoring goals. Yeah, they're still creating chances. They're still finishing chances. Like it's like you said, Owen, they only need one chance in the game to put mm-hmm. the ball in the net. Yeah. Like so, that could be their Achilles heel, though. Like not having that top striker. I that top yeah. striker. If they can yeah. see like an early goal, they'd be in trouble. Yeah, that way, but. Manzukic like. is still technically on the management staff. Yeah, he is on the sideline. <laughs> if they start to get a wee bit panicky, <laughs> so I'm, sure some, I'm, I'm sure somebody can take out a Manzukic jersey. Yeah, Manzukic is class. Like, yeah, oh, he was a he was quality footballer. Yeah. Is he retired? Yeah, yeah he's. Hey. He was deadly, but he was deadly, deadly, deadly footballer. Right. Well, we're moving on from from Croatia and Brazil. We'll go to um, the other game on Friday, Holland and Argentina again. When I when when we listen back to our episode from Friday. None of us gave Argentina a chance. <laughs> um, that game really surprised me, to be completely honest. I didn't expect Argentina to come out and be as on the front foot as what they were. Um, I think there were a number of really, really good performers for Argentina. But I think the thing I want to talk to you the most about, lads, is God Ferry. Mm, very Ferry. And I didn't expect that. Like, I didn't, I didn't imagine Holland and... I didn't imagine Holland and uh, Argentina to be so feisty with one another. They really didn't like each other. No, but good. it really got that way. And yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, uh, see, whenever Holland scored the two goals, I wanted Holland to win. I yeah. was like, I was yeah. supporting Holland. And my mum and dad and Oshin, yeah. they were all supporting Argentina. Yeah. They were like, no, you want Messi to win it. You want Messi to, to win it. But I thought, the Argentinians are a hateful bunch, like, aren't they? Mm, no, they are. But, but then it wasn't until I seen videos back on Twitter. The Dutch were winding them up the oh, whole yeah. game. Like, I seen one, see, during the penalties, I think it was... Uh, uh, was it Latoro Martinez when he went up to take his penalty? Frankie de Jong and Veghorst like cornered him before he went to leave the centre circle, and they were like shouting in his face and, and calling him like whatever they were calling him in Dutch. But I was like, oh, do you know what? Actually, I'm glad Argentina won it because yeah. if somebody was talking to me like that, and then I scored the winning penalty, I probably would have run up and screamed back in their Not face. Not a Mendy one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it just it gets. The reason that game got so feisty, and we're going to have to touch on it, was the refereeing performance. Oh my god, like, it was dreadful, brutal. Like I know it is Christmas, and he was handing the cards out. <laughs> like, it's Christmas, but God, like he wasn't afraid to give a yellow card until it came a crucial moment to give a yellow card. Yeah, 
Like, Partey should have been sent off. He should have got two yellow cards in 30 seconds. Yeah. He should have got booked for the phone in that yeah. And he should have got boot, booked for booting the ball at the Dutch bench. I had the Dutch bench. Only the Dutch were up in protest of the phone. Yeah. Somebody was getting knocked out by that ball. <laughs> yeah. like he hit that thing like a I racket. <laughs> I don't know how Tim Burden gets sent off as well. Mm. That lad was committing fouls. Messi should have been sent off. Yep. Yeah. yeah. He, so many red cards. He like. committed delivered hand ball, which Romero did as well. Romero got booked for it. Messi was already on a yellow. And he didn't get a second yellow. But it's, it's because he's messy. It is because it's messy. Like, yeah. That referee's been sent home now. It's probably the worst referee performance I've seen. It's it's annoying when a game of football that was as good as that, and I yeah. really thought that was a good game of football. Mm-hmm. Like we all said on the podcast, other than you, Warren, you mm-hmm. said it was going to be the most exciting game, but mm-hmm. we all said we thought it was going to be boring. It actually was probably the most exciting game out of all those quarterfinals, and to have it marred and ruined by having some good spouts of football ruined because of a poor referee sort of takes away from the whole thing, like, doesn't it? The only, the only thing is I would say is just the Dutch, like, they were so negative that first 75, yeah, 80 minutes. Like, they, they didn't do anything and then mm-hmm. they throw on the two forwards and the whole game changes. I just thought... I was glad to see Holland beat. I'm not going to lie, because Louis van Gaal plays some of the worst football ever. I heard Rio Ferdinand say, oh, it's not like Louis van Gaal, he likes to play the beautiful game. And I was like, Rio, did you not watch him when he was our manager at Man United? Because he was the most negative manager, so... I'd rather Arsenal well, to be completely honest the one thing I am really happy about is that at least throw the big man on and lump it up is ah, still very much course. alive Route 1 football you, lad you can bet your ass that every man in Burnley was out loving life saying <laughs> Sean Dyche football is still <laughs> truly alive yeah, <laughs> chuck on two over six foot strikers and go here we're just gonna lump everything into the box and pay it off. Like there's yeah. nothing, there's nothing quite like ten minutes left of your World Cup life and scrapping yeah. for it. Like. Yeah. But that's my fear for Argentina, and it's just been my fear for Argentina for a couple of weeks now and going forward. They can't kill teams off. off yeah. yeah, they couldn't kill Australia off. Yeah. They really couldn't kill the Netherlands off. Yeah, the weekend. like the how they, there's no they should not have been thrown that yeah. lead away. No, they, they kind of panicked, didn't they? They, they the completely hit panic mode completely. Yeah. They, all they had to do was keep the ball on the ground, play about with it. Yeah. The Dutch were getting nowhere near them anyway. But the panic, get the ball out of the rocks, get it away, yeah. get away. And, yeah. and all of them was like the Dutch reload, get it in yeah. the white horse, mm-hmm. reload, get it in the white horse. Yeah. And then they, they kind of woke up again then Argentina in an extra time. Yeah. And I thought there was only one team really wanted to win that. Because yeah. you've seen Louis van Gaal, he's like, oh, we're never going to lose a penalty shootout. And that's why they all were getting angry at him, even Messi after the game. You know, they just played for penalties. So I would think... Like Holland didn't even have a shot. I don't even think that a shot. I until un, until they got uh, no, but even in extra time, I don't even think that a shot. I, I know uh, mm. Fernandez hit the post for Argentina. Like they were trying to win the game. Yeah. Or or, or Holland were just looking. I look in the penalty, penalty shootout. shootout. Yeah. yeah. Do you think um, taking off Gakpo and Memphis maybe hurt them in the penalty shootout then as well? Like, I don't know. Like Burkhouse came on. Like Burkhouse didn't play well, but he had a crack and effort that went into the side net. Yeah, that's right. That was good. Um, yeah. yeah, that's right. Um, but I don't know. They brought on a couple of strikers, uh, and we were talking about uh, Neymar not taking a penalty. Um, I think yes, kudos to Virgil Van Dijk. He stood up and took a penalty. He's the captain of the team. He, he decided to do that. And I know he's always been good at a dead ball, like especially at Celtic. He would have he would have took free kicks for Celtic, and he scored. He scored a good, he scored a good few free kicks for yeah. Celtic. I don't think he should have stood up to take the first penalty I maybe not the first yeah. one maybe yeah. a penalty later on yeah. down the line you need to let your strikers take a penalty see that's where I feel like maybe Depay should have still been on the pitch mm-hmm. because he probably would have been the first penalty taker in that instance yeah. Um, 
but it, uh, yeah, it just turned out to be a really exciting game of football. It was one of those ones where, yes, it was marred by a referee and performance, but it felt like a game that had it all. Yeah. Do you reckon that anybody goes in in January then for Vegkhorst? Because it was for ten minutes there, he looked like well, <laughs> he looked like the best striker at the World Cup. He's on loan at Besiktas for the season, yeah, so I can't see anybody going in for him. Yeah, like, um, but. That was one of the best free kicks I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, his class. second goal. That's one in, in the pressure of the moment. I to try, some, to try something like that. Ninety minutes. Yeah, no one expected to it. try something no, like that not. is ridiculous. Yeah, you seen Gakpo stand over it, and you're thinking, "Here we go, Gakpo's going to make his name." And then he, he passes it in to the great Wheat Waghorst, <laughs> who, who puts a pass. Amy Martinez, yeah. who is so hateful, by the way. Oh, oh he's the worst. He I love that. Do you ever hear? Him, right? He is awful. See when he's Cop America. Do you ever hear him talking during the penalties and all? He's the worst. Mm. Like, oh, he's the I don't worst. understand. He, how how is that a man who can complain about other people's antics yeah. when he acts a dick all the time? Yeah. Like, he's just, I know. As you say, he's just a dislikable fella. Yeah, he's just hateful. Weren't you at the game, the Villa game, yeah, yeah, when yeah. they missed the penalty, yeah. and he was just talking so much yeah. smack. Oh, he's so good at it, though. <laughs> no, look, he's and he's a phenomenal goalkeeper. He's a goalkeeper. I mean, Martinez is an it's absolutely mad he, especially, especially during penalties. How he mad might, is it? What age was he until he really got an opportunity at all? 28. Arsenal? 28. 28. Yeah, like, that's yeah, crazy like that. how good he is. He's just an elite shithouser, really. Yeah. He is. He is so good Complete. at it. He, he is football shithouse. You have to respect, to a degree, you do have to respect shithouser. Okay, well, that's it. It can just be so infuriating sometimes. I know, but know your place. You play for Aston Villa. Do you see the size no of No disrespect to Aston Villa, one massive club, one of the biggest clubs in England. Yeah. But know your place, Sammy yeah. Martinez. But see the size of the goalkeeper for the Dutch, I was thinking, oh, he's going to be so hard to beat. Yeah. But they actually... They, they didn't. They didn't, he, didn't re- he never got a hand on any. He didn't really... I just thought he would have done better. The only, one, the only one he went the right way for was... The miss. Enzo Fernandez one. I put it wide anyway. Yeah, yeah. so... More Tim Crow than you knew them like exactly. Know, course, Although yeah. there was a nice story about the Dutch, ke- the two Dutch keepers. So obviously, you know, Pasveer, he was signed as Ajax's third choice goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I think last season, mm-hmm. ended up becoming they they had two really really bad injuries to goalkeepers. So he ended up becoming the first choice keeper. Ends up at 38, 39. He's been been selected for the World Cup. I love stories like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And their actual starting keeper then it's Nopper. Do you call him? Yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, he didn't have a club. Mm-hmm. He only he's only had a club from. Last January, yeah, he was thinking about quitting football. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and he kept is it that IO Ten Hag or sh- what do you call that team? IO Den Hag Eric or something? No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't remember the name of them, they're, but they're green and yellow, they're they? green and yeah, yellow, yeah. 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 like the bird in the grass. Yes, yeah, yes. yeah, I know what you're talking about. Did Portugal manage him? He might have. Yeah. He might have, but he anyway. He played the last fifteen games of the season for them, not last season, the season before. Ended up getting nine man of the matches. Um, kept them up by a point uh, and in that tight in those 15 games he made 8 penalty saves and then I think he transferred to I don't know who he's playing for at the minute I think it's like PSV or someone like one of those better sides no I, I, it's not PSV or is it's, it like FC20 or someone like out there no I, I can picture the crest but I don't know who it is Fair enough. Yeah. no I heard that story that <laughs> but anyway he's, he's, he's doing but it, yeah like, he's yeah. been again he's been completely fantastic but did you see like a uh, scene did you see Sillison's tweet no, about the, the goalkeeper oh, situation no, he was like um, you know you'll pick a guy that didn't have a club for four years ahead of picking me an established international mm-hmm. goalkeeper he plays for Heron Veen by the way oh Heron Veen but yes. see, the only thing about yes. it is I'm just saying the penalties I thought he'd do better but in the World Cup he was good yeah, so he's like, so uh, big yeah. and that's he's what 6 foot 8 yeah. mm-hmm. he's hard to get past so that tweet was just sore really it was that's just... well look I have to ask the, the question is Messi going to get his World Cup no 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 He's not. 
You don't think so, no? No, Cristiano Ronaldo's coming. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he is. Um, I have France in the sweepstick. Um, France aren't going to get the World Cup either. <laughs> I think Morocco's going to do it. It'd be lovely to see. Like, I genuinely do one. think Morocco's going to do it. Yeah. It will be nice to see. But it's Messi's best chance. It is. Oh, 100% yeah. it's Messi's oh, yeah. best chance. They should be beating Croatia. Yeah. Even though we always... I just put Croatia down, put mm-hmm. them down, and they always come out with these results. But It's the same with Morocco. Not yeah. one of us has given Morocco a chance. I haven't backed them one game, and, I don't think. Well, see, apart from against Spain. I backed them against Spain. You backed them against Spain. Yeah. Dorman definitely didn't back them against <laughs> Not Spain. That shows how good they were. They beat Portugal, Spain. I'm going to back them the, now to win the They beat the world champions. Spain. Future world champions, <laughs> it was all there. See, I sort of have a narrative in my head, though, and I'm seeing an Argentina-France final, and it's mm. Messi passing the button to Mbappe. And once he passes the button to Mbappe, that's it. It's Mbappe dominance now for the next 10, 12 years, however long it's going to be. Mbappe has won a World Cup already. He has. Mm, yeah. he's, he's done the one thing Messi couldn't do, but that's the narrative I have in my head. Mm. I think if he has two World Cups by the age of 23, well, <laughs> you can't really dispute that fact. He's 23 and he's already a legend of the game. He is. Yeah. But like Messi played really well too. And we, I actually he thought did. he would struggle, he but he, that pass for the goal obviously stepped off for the penalty. delivered. Do you know who I want to give a shout out to as well, though? He's really surprised me. Alexis McAllister. Yeah. Baller. Absolute baller. Don't get me wrong. Like, you, you watch him every week in the Premier League, yeah. and he's okay. Oh, he's good. Uh, oh, no, I think he's good. I, I think no, for Brighton, he's good. Yeah, he's been bright. I've slagged, very slagged Argentina's midfield, so. But do you yeah, know, I think Alec, Alexis McAllister no, could go no, to someone else and be unreal? I don't, I, see, yeah, that's what, I, I don't know, Warren. Oh, he could. He, no, is he is good. Phenomenal. Anytime I've seen Brighton play, he is probably their best player. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, he's very good. Yeah. I think he could go to anybody in the in the Premier League and start. Even earlier in the year, that that spell, he was unreal. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he's, he's been class. good. Like he's been good this year. Yeah, Miguel's yeah. the past couple of years. But I get what you're saying about. Yeah. Like. I get what you're saying about though. Like you wouldn't expect him to be lighting up. Not no, lighting but, up, but, but playing well yeah. in the World Cup. Like he's, like he's, he's playing say level. Me- he's playing say Messi, and you're looking at him, and you're going, Poof. "Doesn't look like yeah, he doesn't look like But you know what? For a player, Brighton good player. Brighton have had so many players at this World Cup so well, and they're all performing well at club level. And fair play to them. That's why they've got to the World Cup. Yeah, like likes of Trossard there as well. They're not there just because. There's a lack of name or lack of numbers in these national sides. They're there because they're genuinely good players, players yeah. and because the national team managers trust them to do a job for them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So mm-hmm. fair play to Brighton. Oh, definitely. Well, look, we're moving on to Saturday's games then. Um, look, again, another massive shock. We have not given them a single <laughs> chance in any game. Well, Owen did. Owen did, to be yeah. fair. Owen gave them a chance, but the Moroccans. What a furry tale, really, mm-hmm. when you think about yeah. it. First African team ever to reach the semi-final of the World Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, that's, I think that's a terrible stat, though. How has no African side ever, like, not ever made it to a World Cup semi-final? Like, like when you think of some of the great African teams, like, how, how, is, how yeah. is it only now that we're seeing... And, like, Morocco, did, Morocco weren't even the champions of Africa. Mm-hmm. I know. Mm-hmm. They lost you on know? penalties, didn't they, to Egypt? Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. like, they've done it the hard way, too. It's not like they're just got an easy uh, yeah, draw. Yeah. They've been yeah. beaten they've beaten quality Croatia, yep. Belgium... Or they drew Croatia, beat Belgium, beat Spain, beat Portugal. Portugal. Yeah. 
you know, and even Canada. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I don't want to listen back to our prediction boys because I think I give them absolutely zero chance. All of us even did. to get out of that group. Yeah, look, I would say none of us All gave of us them did a chance. Not a chance, no. you know. But the, do you know what that defence and the like? Your boy Amrabat midfield has been sensational. Mm-hmm. Just they just don't concede. They don't concede no. goals. The only per, the only person who scored against Morocco in this World Cup is a Moroccan. Moroccan. Yeah. Yeah. And he, one own goal against Canada, and that is it. Yeah. And they have been playing high quality yeah. teams with quality attackers. Even like their, goals. like their centre back, he was suspended. Mm-hmm. The one that plays for West Ham, and Agward. you know their backup centre back comes in and plays a stormer. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it just like the manager deserves credit too because he's oh, got absolutely. the system right. You know, absolutely. but I seen I seen something on Twitter too. It was like in two thousand and seven, they put twelve million into the academy, and they work. They've been working closely with Leon and all. Like they, they have prepared for this. They are, they were ready for this. Did you see their facilities? Oh, it's, oh, it's incredible. Four, unbelievable. Four, four five star hotels, it's eight incredible. FIFA approved pitches. Yeah. unbelievable. They've spent the money wisely. Yeah. They yeah. have. And you know what? They're reaping the rewards now. Exactly. Because I think you look through that squad and there are players that are they're playing in Europe's top five leagues for a reason. Yeah. 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 They have some serious talent within that side. Like it's like we, we talked about um we did a quick parlay the other day talking about Morocco. Like, look, Zia, I always loved Zia. Mm-hmm. I loved yeah. him at Ajax. He I see to watch, see when we talk about passing the A test. Some of the things Ziak used to do were mm-hmm. crazy. See them big crossfield passes, yeah. And he just he made it look so effortless. Yeah. Then he signed for Chelsea and he's looked a complete shadow of himself. Then he watched him in the World Cup. It's like he's watching back. that Ajax Ziak. You know what that is though? That's a lack of trust. Yeah. The the managers at Chelsea just haven't trusted Ziak yeah. and they haven't gave him like they haven't trusted him to go and express himself because yeah. that's what he is. Yeah. He's an expressive player. He's a playmaker. That's when he's best. That's when he's at his best. Like Ziyech was linked for United there before we got Anthony. Mm-hmm. He was linked as a quick fix for United. Yeah. And I was like, oh my God, Take him. get him in any day of the week. Because under Ten Hag, he'll be allowed to do what he wants to do. It's showing in this World Cup, he's being given that freedom. He's been Morocco's best player, in my opinion. Well, I don't think he's been as good as Hakimi, to be honest. Yeah. Amrabat's been good too, but he has been one of their best players. No, look, yeah. I know they've been good, but in my opinion, he's been their best player because he's created everything. Yeah. He's been the one swinging in the balls. Obviously, Hakimi's been there to help him out in defence and stuff. But like between him and El Nasseri, or whatever you call him up yeah. front, yeah. that's been a great connection. Like... Hakim ZX really showing his qualities well Al Nasiri is now actually maybe starting to realise that potential you know yeah. I remember when he signed for Sevilla like he, he was coming off a couple of seasons where he had scored a lot of goals and he's sort of been his, his Sevilla career has been up and down injury hasn't helped obviously but you know he had that breakout season where he scored a lot of goals for Sevilla then he had the injury and he's dipped off and he's not really been the same player since but he's come to this World Cup and he's Probably as clinical yeah. as he's ever been right now. thing I was just going to say about Ziyech as well, he wasn't there for the African Cup of Nations because he had fallen out with the previous manager. Yeah. Right. They, had, they then right. sacked him and this new manager's come in and he's just introduced him back in. Yeah. That shows so the chairmans and all. Does not show how key he is as well yeah. because the if he'd have been there at the African Cup of Nations, it could have been a different story mm-hmm. for them because if he wasn't at this World Cup, yeah. there's no way they'd be in the semi-finals. But look, I'm watching guys that have played in the Premier League that I didn't rate. Yeah. Like the likes of Bufal. Mm-hmm. Looks fantastic. Oh, he was he was so poor at Southampton. Like yeah, he was like, awful at Southampton, but he looks unbelievable. Like it just seems as though they have the players that suit the system and that can carry out the manager's instructions realistically. Boom, and they've got that dog in them. Yeah, yeah they they're win. willing to scrap to yeah. win. You yeah. see how much it means to them. Yeah, when when the full time whistle was blown, yeah. like all of them dropped to the ground. Mm-hmm. 
together though they all hugged each yeah, other yeah. everybody in that squad is together there's no big name stars yeah. like i know you got zayek and hakimi but even they're just part of that team they're just a collective yeah. there's one goal and they're all working towards it there's yes. no me there's no me's in that team yes but like even the fans have helped as well oh they've pushed them on crazy. yeah like, they've pushed them on the rock support has been fantastic, fantastic. Um, honestly, I'd, I would like to just point out as well. I can think. I think there's no qualms about it anymore. I think Hakimi's the best right back in the world. Yeah, I really, yeah. really do. I'm so glad people are seeing him on the world stage now. I've watched PSG in the in the Champions League quite a lot over the last couple of years, and the one player I was always impressed with was Hakimi. Like, yeah, I couldn't get over just how good he was. And look, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. All the clubs that he's played for, like, he, he hasn't played for the biggest clubs in the world for no reason. He is absolutely phenomenal. His defend, his defending is excellent. He's always switched on. He has that ridiculous recovery pace. And yes, I know we, we say, you know, maybe players are a wee bit of a pace merchant, but at the end of the day, you'd rather be incredibly fast than incredibly slow. Yeah. And he has that ability. If he does switch off for a second and leaves his man, well, you can probably bet your ass he's going to catch up with him and win the <laughs> ball back. His attack and dynamic is fantastic as well. Him and Ziyech have a real partnership down that wing. And... I just think there's no question. Strong, but that's yeah. so really, strong, really strong. That's the thing so about Akimi too. Is like he's always been known kind of for his attacking game, but yeah. the defensive. I didn't think he was as good defensively, but he has been unbelievable yeah. this tournament. And I think yeah, he's shown he's one of the best right backs in the world. If mm-hmm. it probably is the best at the minute. I would just say on current form, I think he is yeah, the best yeah. right yeah. back. And he's still very world. young, isn't he? He's only twenty three. Twenty three. That's mad. <sighs> no, we touched on it a couple of weeks ago. Like Morocco's team, when you actually look at the players, they've got some great, great players. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and once again. Bono with the heroics yeah. against Portugal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been absolutely phenomenal. There's one save he made from uh, was it Jai Felix. Mm. Uh, Ronaldo laid it off to him, yes. but just inside from the right uh, right side of the box, and he just hit the inside of the boot curler and just felt oh it's going top back, it's yeah. going to be a great goal. Bono out of nowhere, kept it out, kept it out. Would be stupid to bet against Morocco now. You would be. We really you would, would be. Yeah. You would be. Which I probably will, but... <laughs> You've been batting, we've been batting against them the entire time. The entire time. And they've been making us look like fools. Literally, we've always yeah. said it's a step too far, and it's just yeah. hasn't but been. We'll, we'll have to look at how poor Portugal were. Yeah. Portugal <laughs> were very brutal. Poor. Can I be honest, though? I thought Portugal were playing the better football up until Ronaldo come on. Once Ronaldo come on, that was it for me. It was... Oh, we have to try and get the ball to Ronaldo and then he slows the whole thing down and then they're not as expressive. I thought at least in the first half they were still being expressive with the football. They were trying, at least. They were trying different things. They were trying to get the ball. I thought Bruno was excellent in the first half. Really, really did. Um, I, I just I couldn't understand why he went to the Ronaldo plan so early. I suppose they needed a goal. Like, yeah. and who, yeah. who better to bring on than the best Ronaldo. goal scorer in history? The, the problem I... Well, my biggest issue with Portugal in that game was they hit the panic button way too early. Mm-hmm. From about the 70th minute on, it was hoof, hoof, mm-hmm. hoof. Yeah. Like, and they didn't have a wego or stuff front no, to bring no, that down. No. They didn't have a big tall, it just tall made, striker. It just made no sense. Morocco was dominating the air. They're so strong defensively. Get the ball to the byline and cut it back across the box. That's where you're going to get yeah. your goals. Yeah. Uh, Portugal's best chance, the one Pepe missed, came from... A ball in the box, Rafael Leo picked it up at the byline and cut it back across mm-hmm. the box. Mm-hmm. They just, like, there's one time the ball went forward and uh, it went to the Portuguese goalkeeper and he could have took a touch, played the ball, kept possession, didn't even look, just hoofed it just straight hoofed up in the air. Yeah. Morocco had it back, came back to him, hoofed it straight back up in the air and it was his fault for the goal, the Portuguese goalkeeper. Yeah. We haven't touched on it yet. 
But if you're a goalkeeper and you come that far off your leg, you need to get you need that to make that ball. Yeah, you do. Like he waited for it to come. He's seen where the ball was. He put his hands up and he waited for the ball to come to his hands. And and the just goes right far enough. You're not coming for it. I'm yeah. going to head it in then. Yeah. And be that happy days. And I just can't understand how poor Portugal were mentally because they played so so well against Switzerland. Yeah. yeah. Expressive, fo- beautiful football. And they just completely it abandoned like, it. It was a bit like what happened in Brazil as well, isn't it? They played such good football and then it's just... I think both on. Brazil and Portugal underestimated their opponents. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And <laughs> didn't pay off for them. And how, does, how does Leo not start as well? Or even get on sooner? It's the same with Rashford in England. He's so, he's so good. Even when he comes on, he's, he's a threat. He just t- even took on, I think it was Hakimi and all. Like he mm-hmm. g- he'd give it an actual threat but, and he can't get on. Or even start. It's just mad to me. It's stupid. Portugal have no excuse for underestimating their opponents. I can kind of see why Brazil would sort of think we're far better in these spies. Because Croatia had struggled. They struggled against Japan. But Morocco has shown consistently through this tournament they're going to make you look like a fool if you underestimate them. And Portugal fell right into their trap. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I look Fernando Santos, he's now left Portugal. It was always going to happen, yeah, realistically. But look, the one thing I would say about Portugal is they still have the guts of a very, like, a young squad. Like, you wouldn't say their squad's necessarily old. There's a few elder statesmen within that squad, but that won't be at the next World Cup. But I think if they got a manager that was a wee bit more expressive... Definitely. I I, I still think Portugal will be absolutely fine. Um, Like, even without Ronaldo... Uh, like there, there's boys there that can still put the ball in the net yeah. like who knows what sort of progress Gonzalo Ramos is going to show now in the next three or four years like there's no doubting that he could be right at the very pinnacle player, of football definitely. you know mm-hmm. um, like I think by the time the next tournament rolls around Bruno will be 32 you would still say Felix that's that's a good it's yeah, still a good Bruno age yeah. yeah Felix will be probably better Felix will be what 27 like you know they still have Leao will only be 25 24 yeah. somewhere like, around that age you know out of that team the only real players are going to be moving on is obviously Ronaldo yeah. and Pepe and Pepe who have been at the forefront for Portugal now for 15 years yeah, yeah. like they were the men who won them that Euros but there's new talent coming through Portugal Absolutely. Portugal don't have to worry Really, like, as I said, Brazil, this is going to feel like a missed opportunity for Portugal. Yeah. yeah. They are probably, they're going to have to get a new manager, and they're going to have to get a manager who will play that exciting football. Yeah. That their players are almost built to play. Because mm-hmm. even their defenders are really good attacking talents. The likes yeah. of uh, Guerrero, Cancelo, uh, Diego Dallo. Yeah. So, like, Portugal will be okay in the future, but this is probably their best chance to win a World Cup. Yeah, it is. Those you're saying they do need a new manager. I think we said that as well. They're, the manager's too defensive. Far too defensive. He doesn't even play like the right attacking players as no. well. And then he pressed, as you said, he they panicked. He's just like, oh, just lump it into Ronaldo, yeah. just lump it into Ronaldo. It didn't work. And that played into Morocco's hand. That's what they wanted. Yeah. So Because yeah. they knew they were going to be superior in the air. Yeah. Well, look, we'll move it on um, to the last of the, the quarterfinal games. I would like to apologise to my co-hosts. I was <laughs> adamant that England were going to beat France. I was evidently wrong. Although I will say one thing, I did think England played the better football on the night. I stand by my point that I do feel France are still very much one-dimensional. And ultimately they still get the job done. Look, a, a number of, of good performers on the, on, the, on, the, on the pitch for France the other night. Giroud, back amongst the goals. 
Oren, I'll come to you first. What did you like about him? What did you? What do you think he maybe needs to do a wee bit better? Because what I, I like about Drew, absolutely everything. Well, I know you like everything what's, about him. What's not to like about Olivier Drew? That's the, that's the harder question did, to answer. Did you not think he was a wee bit wasteful though? No, look, everybody, look, the Brazil and Croatia game is is a perfect example of of chances. Like Brazil created a lot of chances. Goalkeeper saved them. Yes. Look, <laughs> on another day, the goals. Giroud created chances, missed a couple, but the goalkeeper saved a couple too. Yes. In the end, he scored the winning goal, and that's all that matters. Mm-hmm. We always said about Bruno Fernandes, how he'll make, he, he'll try 20 passes, and he might only complete one, but that one's leading to a goal. Yeah. Olivier Giroud is just, he's that guy. He is that guy. He's just, so good and he knows where he has to be like Giroud's what 35 36 oh, he's, older. he's yeah, in the round anyway yeah, yeah. and he still has that prowess in the box he knows exactly where to be he was in the positions to get them chances yeah. and at that age that's difficult because we've seen it with loads and loads of players already like he's 35 look at the likes of Higuain at that age he was playing in MLS mm-hmm. Giroud's still playing at the top level Yeah, yeah. he's one of the main reasons as to why SC Milan won the league last year, mm-hmm. bringing SC Milan back to where they should be, that great SC Milan, it's just phenomenal. And it shows why he is France's all-time leading top goal scorer. Yeah. Because everybody plays off him. And you can play off him. His whole play is just that good. He doesn't need to have pace. He knows if he gets the ball, he's going to at least hit that on target, if not hit the back of the net. Yeah. Yeah. And I think all his... All his teammates know that too, and I think that's such an important thing because they have confidence in their striker. Yeah. No, they kept him on as well. Shows. They kept him on. Do you know? They, I think it was one of the games earlier in the tournament they, they took him off, but they understand how key he is. Them mm-hmm. runs he makes just unbelievable. Like he, top performer. It's just mad because I didn't actually think he'd be that key because I thought maybe Benzema. Yeah. Would have been playing. He's injured. Drew steps up. But look, Benzema probably would have had the same effect, if not a better effect. Yeah. Let's be real, Benzema is a better player. We're, we're not. There's no cobbles about that. He just won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. But I just going back to the start of our World Cup series, when me and Owen said Giroud's going to be a top performer, yeah. I got a lot of messages saying like, "What are you smoking, lad? Do you know what I mean?" But like it showed. You just have to have confidence in players like that because they've always done it. So why would you not show confidence in them now? Yeah. It's the same with Ronaldo, really. Like before the tournament, if all this stuff hadn't happened with United, if he had been putting up a, co- a couple of goals for United, I still would have thought oh, Ronaldo could be top goal scorer at the World Cup. Yeah. But yeah, Olivier Giroud, he's, he's a timeless striker, one of the best of our generation, and he's criminally underrated. And I'm just glad people are finally seeing, especially at his age. He can still do like, it. He has Ian's age, like fine wine. Oh, yeah. Look, okay, I know you were saying you still feel France are a bit one-dimensional. I ain't going to disagree with you there because I think Giroud gives them that entirely different dimension. Giroud is completely different from any other attacking option France has. Like, he doesn't have the pace, but as Orr said, he's a goal scorer. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he had a great chance against England. Pickford saved it. Mm-hmm. He probably should have scored the volley. Ball goes out for corner. 25 seconds later, he's out in that corner celebrating scoring the winning goal to put his country in a World Cup semi-final mm-hmm. and as you said England probably were the better team but that's what the good strikers are like when their country, when their team needs them like I think I tweeted out there and goes when his nation needed them Olivier Giroud stepped up and that's what he did he grabbed that game by the balls and he took his goal and he made sure France were getting into a World Cup semi-final yeah. 
Look, I I understand what you're saying. I, like, I really, really do. And I'm not just saying this to go against... Like, I'm, I'm really, really not. I think Giroud's fantastic as well. I really do. But I just... I worry for France. I really, really do. I think we've been quick to praise them at times, this tournament, to be completely honest. I just don't see enough to say that they're going to be champions of the world. I no, really don't, to be honest. Against, you like, need to look at their squad yeah. as well, Connor. Like, they're missing so many players. But, that, but again, I think that's a factor as to why they're not going to be world champions. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that to, to to a certain degree. Like, But, like, look where they are. They're in the World Cup semi-final with this lack of squad depth. Like, they've got Rabio starting the midfield. Look, Rabio is a good player and he always does play well Rabiot's for France. Rabio's been fantastic And for he has been good. Yeah. But he's not Pogba. No. no, and they're missing Kante, yes. and they're missing Bansma, they're missing Nkunku. I know. Like these players, if if them players were in the team, but it was the same players scoring, you'd be saying different. You'd be saying, "Oh look, no, they have that kind of caliber of player that can be world champions." There's no reason why France can't. They're in a but World Cup semi final. Yeah. Over the entire competition, I feel France have been the most consistent team. Like yeah, they lost to Tunisia. It was their beating. They knew they're they're near their through anyway. There's no real love that lost there. By far the better team against Australia. Uh, we're by far the better team against a very good Denmark team who we tipped to go deep. With nobody really expect that Denmark team to go out and uh, finish the bottom stage, of the group. Finish bottom of the group. And against Poland, they're fantastic. Okay, they they were off the bail a wee bit against England, but it was such a big game. It was a game that was there to be won. It wasn't a game there to. Uh, impress everybody and show how great we are it was a game to be won and that's what France did but I just think Owen you know like but on, on Friday's episode we said you know and, and Connor you were specifically you know very adamant that they had this world class defence <laughs> they look leaky no the, the thing they, is they don't look as good as I think people are making them out to be to be no, completely honest but what I said I on Friday was kind of like it's England I thought had the better squad but France can just grind out them results and I know you're saying about the look leaky, but I, I thought uh, England were definitely the better team. I think there's no argument about that. I actually didn't think, I thought France were brutal. And I had backed France. I think France, I still think France won the World Cup because I do think they have some good players. I thought Griezmann was great as well, but I just, I thought that I was very disappointed in France. And I agree with you. You were actually quite right. But as we said, when's the last time England beat I a not, top not nation? Yeah, beat a big know. nation. Well, yeah. I, look, I looked over the last three uh, major tournaments there. So obviously that's World Cup. The teams they beat, they beat Senegal. Yeah. They beat Iran. They beat Wales. Mm-hmm. Lost to France, which, yeah. with the utmost respect to those three countries, is the first big nation they came across. Okay. In the Euros, they beat Croatia, mm-hmm. which is a good result. They drew Scotland, uh, and they beat the Czech Republic in their group. Mm-hmm. They then beat Ukraine. They beat Denmark, and they beat Germany in fairness to them, and they beat Italy. So a good result against Germany. But every single year that result against Germany starts to look oh, a bit worse. Yeah. When you see the state that Germany's, ah, the state the Germany's in. Yeah, but yeah. I give them Germany's probably uh, is a big team. That's a big statement knockout win for them. Yeah. But you go back to the previous World Cup. They beat Panama. They beat Tunisia. They beat Colombia. And they beat Sweden. They played Belgium twice. Lost twice. And they played Croatia. They're just not built to win big games and tournaments. Yeah. Even going further back. I don't know. Since 1966, I don't think they've beat what anybody would classify as a as a big team as a tier one international side in yeah. the World Cup they just they just seem to have this inability to win the big games mm-hmm. like if you compare it to Croatia 
since nineteen ninety eight, they've been beating Brazil, they've been beating Germany in the World Cup. Yeah, you can part the Morocco since last week. They yeah. beat Spain and Portugal in the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. England aren't getting results like these in major tournaments, and that's really concerning because they clearly have the talent, they clearly have the players. As you said, they they were the better team against France, but what did they create from open play? Right, well, I was yeah, they, they didn't create a whole yeah. pile. Like, to be Harry, fair. Harry Kane had that one time where he, he spun Uben and Camo, and it was good save from yes. Norris. Yeah. Harry Maguire had that header, just went wide the post. Yeah. Other than that, it was long shots. That you need, there have to be a moment of individual brilliance to go in. Lloris made a couple of good saves from them, but they're all straight at him. Well, See, that's what really? I was going to say, and I am, I'm not trying to be argumentative with you, Richie, but you said about France's defence being quite leaky. Apart from two stupid mistakes, like that, that penalty that Hernandez gave away oh, so was stupid. so stupid. Yeah, that was what was he doing? Yeah, that, that, that was dumb. Bar um, two penalties, as Owen said, there only was really that hurricane chance and. Maguire, everything else, they remain quite solid on it. They did resort to long shots, England. So, like, just out of complete curiosity, not argumentative, what is it that you see is leaky about that defence? With the France France defence? Is it just that there is a stupid mistake in them? I find that because they're so young, there is that that sort of inexperience and that, like, take Upa Meccano, for example, he does tend to step out quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. Now, I think if you're a defender that steps out, and the only the first defender that steps out that comes to my mind is Lissandro Martinez, because I see it on a week-in, week-out basis. You have to be aggressive, and you have to believe that you're going to be the first of that ball. And I think Martinez does that really, really well. Normally does come out with the ball, nine times out of ten. Upa Meccano tried to step out three or four times and was second to the ball each of those three or four times that he stepped out. He, there is a real lack of aggression with a player like that. I think Theo Hernandez is fantastic going forward, doesn't offer a whole pile defensively. I think wingers will torture him when they get past him. Don't get me wrong, again, he's one of those players that has a blister in recovery pace, but is he has like, actual defensive awareness. I think it's brutal. Koundé is a centre-back that's playing at right-back. I, 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 I thought he was okay. He was all right. You can't keep running a centre-back and right-back and hope, hoping that that's going to work. I think the only one out of the back four that was solid in terms of like consistent with her performance was Varane. But again, I've watched Varane for United and he has a clangor in him as well. He tends to just drift. See, the problem with playing a centre-back at right-back, especially the likes of Koundé, is he's going to want to tuck in because... That's his natural position. So what I noticed with um, with any of England's attacks down the left-hand side um, the other night, Koundé would tend to tuck in quite a bit and it leaves a big gap that allows wingers to sort of come in and get that ball across the box then. Yes, it means you have more bodies in the box that can deal with it, but I just think if, if you give a world-class winger time and space on that left, on that flank that Koundé is supposed to be defending, teams will punish you. But see, the, I agree with you that up in Meccano, I thought he was... I don't actually know how he starts because mm-hmm. I don't th- I don't read him, but I thought Hernandez was actually the one where the sack at every time was just on him, oh, and they him could first. not deal with that. I couldn't believe Southgate took him off. For England, they were the better team, but I think that's where I would talk about defensive frailties. I think we had mentioned it too. That is their biggest weakness. They make they made two massive errors. I think for the goal, Declan Rice got caught out because he got caught inside, conceded the goal. Jumani, good sh- like it was a good shot. It was a good shot. Yeah, I seen Ben Foster actually said he has to save that. He has well, to I save thought, that when chat. I first seen it, I thought so too. But, but then, yeah. when you see it from his angle, from Pickford's angle, yeah. there was a couple of bodies in front. Aye, of people stand. But what he said was it was yeah. something to do with like the the way the ball turned. He should have been ready for it. And then for the second goal, Maguire doesn't track Giroud. Like I know Giroud does a great run and all, but he catches him too late. I think it deflects off him, doesn't it? Yeah, the it header. Comes off mm-hmm. It's just too late. 
and there's the two goals and that's why you're out of the tournament. Yeah. And you're a better you were the better team, you've a better yeah, squad. At, and I was gonna say about Southgate as well, you know, you're losing there, he I thought he maybe left the subs a bit too late because mm-hmm. the game was there to be won. And also he, he doesn't bring on Madison, he doesn't bring on Grealish, he doesn't bring on Arnold, who all are creative. He leaves Rashford. When did Rashford come on? Like the eighty the eighty something minutes. Like that's criminal, like ridiculous. for a lot who's playing so well. Absolutely. I just ridiculous. I thought he and then he brings on Sterling and Mount. I know Mount got the penalty, but like Mount has not been playing that well this season, even for Chelsea. No. And Sterling has not been good either. So well, sure Sterling was in London all this he week. He was in London all this mm-hmm. week. And I, I just like, don't know. I think I think Southgate, it was a good performance and all, but I thought his subs were just I think that's that was a big mistake he made as well. Yeah. You know? Well not only he brought on, but also he brought off. Why would you bring Sack off? Sack off was, Sack was the yeah. most dangerous player on that pitch. Yeah. yeah. It made no sense. I'm just gonna go back to Francis' first goal you said about Dakin Rice going the ground and he shouldn't have that kind of all came from the, the fear of Mbappe that was built yeah. up and built up and mm-hmm. built up and that's going to get into the camp all that was coming out of England was talking about how they're going to stop Mbappe that Southgate's had Mbappe, this Mbappe plan for five years or whatever it yeah. is like when Mbappe got that ball for the first goal and ran from the left wing over the right hand side of the box about eight England players I swarmed out just got completely oh, sucked him he was inside the box and I think there was eight England players inside the box all towards him so it's always going to be the easiest thing yeah. to do is cut it, cut it to the edge of the box and when you players you can hit a ball like Tukumani it's going to be, it's going to be yeah. no uh, bread and butter to him. Yeah. It was just this fear of Mbappe that yeah. they completely built up and mm-hmm. you've seen like Henderson and Walker before and Mbappe put the hand out I know, and, and they're, all, they're all sitting looking straight ahead like oh I don't care about you I don't care about you all that is saying is this, giving Mbappe the message voice, these guys are shit scared of me. Yeah. But I thought they done well on Mbappe though. Yeah, I, think, I think they, they actually did. kept him quiet. I think, but I think we said as well, like you were saying, I think in the team, the Griezmann had been one of the key performers. And I said that I thought they would have left Mbappe, as you were saying. They went too much on Mbappe and Griezmann was just there just to... I pick up And he got two yeah. assists. Yeah. You know, he yeah, was the key. Got, Griezmann was the key. Was, I understand your point on Mbappe. I thought they done well on him, but as you are saying, they were like basically triple marking him. Yeah, like which by... Yeah. Focusing on Mbappe, they forgot about Griezmann. Yeah, right, they forgot yeah. about Giroud, yeah. Yeah. and they left it open, and that's what killed them. Yeah. Griezmann's another man that is underrated. Like I know he hasn't been yeah. playing as well for Atletico Madrid, but he was a good, he's a good player. Even he's well, World he's Cup. had a good World Even Cup. Even I think good. it was Euro 2016. He was like one of their best players. No, he, he is, he's, he's been a good player for a while. Yeah, so. Griezmann, Griezmann's, Griezmann yeah. isn't an, he is an elite level player when he's on it. The problem is these last couple of years he just hasn't been on it all that often. But like he's still a, still a top player, right? I think we'll look ahead to the semi-finals then. So, semi-final number one. I think this is the Tuesday game. I could be wrong. Argentina game. It's Argentina yeah, Croatia, yeah, isn't it? It's the it's the first one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Argentina Croatia. Look, I know we said earlier we don't you just don't think Messi's going to get his World Cup fantasy. Does he get through Croatia or do Croatia surprise us once again? What are you thinking of one? Croatia win. You're thinking Croatia, yeah. I'm, I'm the guy that's just going to stop not uh, predicting them, not giving them a chance because yep. a wee bit of me wanted to predict them against Brazil, yep. but I decided against it and I watched it and I was like, oh, I could have looked like an absolute G <laughs> if I said this. Owen uh, says to me, if Jeff Stalling died in the morning, Sky Sports would have been phoning him. I didn't, no, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't say that. I said, Jeff Stalling's out with a hand injury right now and they need something to step in. <laughs> <laughs> Look at I just feel Croatia have been here and they know how to dig out results. Yeah. And my fear of Argentina is they haven't been killing teams off. And you see what Brazil didn't kill Croatia off, what happened? Japan didn't kill Croatia off, what happened? Yeah, exactly. They get yeah. England didn't kill Croatia off four years ago, what yeah. happened? So 
I'm giving Croatia a chance, and I think Croatia will beat them. Look, you have the the losing finalists, the runners up in 2014 versus the runners up in 2018 here. Oren, what are you thinking? I'm backing against Croatia again. To you're, be honest, you're going to back against them. Yeah, um, I think Messi. I think after that Argentina game, and especially Argentina and Netherlands game, sorry, uh, and especially the way it did eventually pan out, I think they're angry, Argentina. I think they have that anger in them, and they're going to go out and make sure this time that we win this game. Yeah, uh, we show we were talking about how feisty it was in that game, and especially after Argentina did eventually win in penalties. The first thing they did done was run past the Netherlands players and scream in their face and celebrate in their face. Otamendi. Otamendi, yeah. Well, all of them. Yeah. It was, it was, there's a photo that probably will go down in history, especially if Argentina win this World Cup. Um, and I just think Messi's going to... I've never seen... I've seen Messi in his post-game uh, conference, and I've never seen him as angry. Messi's usually so composed, even after... A defeat. You yeah, always mm-hmm. see Messi being quite composed in the press, but he was shouting away. He wasn't focused on his interview. He was shouting at yeah, other people and Vagors and Van Hal and all. Yeah. So I just think Messi's going to be like, right, fuck it, let's go, let's yeah, do this. Definitely. Um, look, it could be a good game. We were saying about last week, Netherlands and Argentina. I thought it was going to be a great game. I don't think this is going to be a good game. I think it no. will be one nil. I agree. I agree, I agree with you there. I think um, it's going to be a horrible game of football. Yeah. But I think it's just going to be two dogs slugging at each other. Yeah. And I think they're both going to set up quite defensive, but I think Argentina will pick them. Yeah. Well, Argentina do have that quality. Yeah. But I just feel Croatia have that dog in them. Oh, yeah. No, no. Look, I'm not disagreeing with your opinion. I just personally think Argentina's going to. But I agree with you. I think it's just going to be like two heavyweights just slugging. Just slugging, yeah. Yeah. Connor, then what do you think? Who who are you backing for the game? All my productions have been right so far, so. Um, just bet against me lads bet against me um, I'm going to go <laughs> Orin, Orin you don't want to hear this uh, I'm going to go for Argentina <laughs> <laughs> what are you on oh my god <laughs> no I meant like because you don't want to hear that because we're going to both be wrong um, no I'm going to Argentina I'm going to Argentina because I do think as it's going to be a dog fight but I've backed against Croatia like every game and I'm going to stick to it and I think Argentina are the better team and I think Messi has been brilliant one of the I think if they do get to the final, he will get the player of the tournament. Do you think? Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I, I just think Argentina's a better team, and I'm just gonna. If it goes, it actually be hilarious if we went to penalties because they're both so good at penalties. Who would yeah. win that? Yeah. But yeah, I'll go for I'll go Argentina. Go Argentina. I think I'm gonna go. Um, part of me is like don't back against the underdog anymore, but um, for the narrative I have in my head, I do think it's gonna be a France and Argentina final at this stage. So I'm gonna go Argentina. Going to go for the same reason that, that you two have. One, I absolutely agree with you. Croatia still have that dog in them. And I've, it will not shock me in the slightest if Croatia beat Argentina. But I think Argentina just have that quality. And, I mean, when you have one man like Messi, you can absolutely win the game. Mm-hmm. And I've been surprised. You know, I thought against the Dutch... Um, Argentina, a load of guys that I've given a lot of stick to in recent weeks actually play quite well. I thought Rodrigo de Paul actually played very, very well against the Dutch. Um, welcome, right, back, welcome back. Hope you're enjoying the ball. Welcome back, Rodrigo. Um, I, I just think Argentina maybe have a wee bit too much for them. The only thing I would say is like the Croatian midfield is absolutely excellent. I think Croatia's midfield is much better than Argentina's, to be, yeah, yeah. To be completely honest. That's the one area of the pitch I think Croatia can dominate the ball a wee bit. Um, but 
I think Argentina have too much for them ultimately, and I'm going to go Argentina. Do you know who's buzzing that you said that? McYardle. He's buzzing that everybody's going Argentina and yeah, he's going he's Croatia. Because if Croatia win, he's going to be like, oh, oh lads, I told you predict those. the face. <laughs> oh, <I'm> Monsters <laughs> rogue, Jeff Staley, whatever. Well, you see if Croatia lose, lad, you look like a dick. And you'll be let known that you're a dick. But Owen, Owen, what did you go last week for predictions? I got one out of four. <laughs> <laughs> Just be prepared yeah, for the next time. Connor, Connor out of why did you come out with last one week? For one out of four. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not going around saying, oh, I know. Oh. <laughs> look at my... 95% of the time I look like a dick anyway. So if, if, I get, if I get a chance to not look like a dick for two seconds, I'm going to say um, The only thing I... F- a bit of fear for Croatia, really, is Croatia's played two extra time games, two penalty shootouts, in a condensed World Cup. They played a lot of football, and that could come back to bite them. So that is a bit of a caveat for Croatia, especially with the age of some it's, of their players. Yeah, like, like there's no real break between this. Like yeah. usually, usually like you're getting a couple of days between the group stages. Last sixteen, it started like that. Yeah, like you've had two day break as the most between games, really. Yeah, like this is the longest break we've had. So and like modern split like the whole hundred twenty. Yeah, yeah, they, kept yeah modern, they didn't do that against Japan, but they did. They took them off, didn't they? Yeah. They took Modric off, yeah. but they played them the entire time against Brazil. Yeah. yeah, so that could come back to bite Croatia, but also the emotion that Argentina Argentina express could also come back to bite them a wee bit. So I think it will be a really it's, inter- it's interesting. Game. It's, it's definitely game. an interesting contest. Yeah. Right, I'll move to Wednesday's game then. Um, obviously, Morocco mm-hmm. and the French. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to go Morocco personally. Mm-hmm. I'm not backing against them anymore. Um, although I have the narrative in my head of a France Argentina final, I am still holding out hope that Morocco go all the way and win the tournament. I think it would be fantastic for football. It would be like when Leicester won the league. Yeah. Like, yeah. there was nobody in football that didn't want that to happen. Apart from Dorman. Except he for Connor. Yeah, he yeah. hits the underdog. Every underdog. Funny, you know, there's a clip going viral at the minute now. Um, I don't know if you have seen it. It's It's been all over Twitter today. It's an Australian guy on a podcast talking, and he's saying he would much rather see a Brazil and Argentina semi-final. He'd rather see the best teams in the world go at it rather than these underdogs all getting no. to this point of the tournament. Look, I'm just going to come to you as quickly on that because I think it's really interesting. It's a viral clip. It's doing the rounds at the minute. What's your take on something like that? Would you rather see the big boys still in the competition or do you think that the teams have got here on merit deserve to be here? What would you rather see, Orn? I'd rather see the underdog. Like, I fully agree with you. I have the narrative that it's going to be a French and Argentina final. I have France in the sweepstake. Mm-hmm. So, look, if they win, happy days. But I want Morocco to win. I want to see Morocco win this World Cup. Like, I don't understand. Like, I always think about the Bundesliga and Ligue 1. Look, obviously, Lille won Ligue 1 the other year, uh, or a few years ago. It was a bit of a shock to everybody. But you're always expecting Bayern Munich to win the Bundesliga and you're always expecting PSG to win Ligue 1. Yeah. There's no real competition there. Serie A was the same for a few years there. Serie A was, was Juventus, same. Juventus for... all the time. I just... I love seeing someone else come into the fold. Yeah. And like, I think... Obviously the Premier League's been dominated with Man City and Liverpool the last few years. But at least there's been a bit of competition and there's been a competition between at least two teams. Yeah. All, all, them other two leagues especially you're expecting them to win the league you're expecting them to go out and blitz every team 5-0 and 4-0 and all I just like seeing other teams come into the fold because it's good for the, their players too mm-hmm. it's good for their managers because you're seeing different 
teams in the Champions League, you're seeing different teams in the Europa League, and that's what you want to see because you want to be a football fan. You don't want to be a Bayern Munich fan. You don't want to be a Juventus fan, well, a few years ago, and you don't want to be a PSG fan. You want to be a football fan. You want to appreciate football of all teams, not just the ones with the most money. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that sentiment quite a lot. Um, Owen, I'll, I'll come to you now next. What, what's your take on it? Would you rather see the likes of Brazil and stuff still in the tournament, or are you happy with teams like Morocco getting to this, this stage? I feel Morocco, Croatia deserve to be here because they've won their games. Mm-hmm. That's what sport is about. It's a results business. You play the win. Look, I can see the best players in the world week in, week out mm-hmm. playing their leagues. I'm not going to see uh, the Moroccan left back. <laughs> <laughs> if it's not for the World Cup, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like these, You don't get to see these players week in, week out. Yeah, you get to see great quality football watching league games, but it's something about the World Cup just is completely different. It can change an entire nation's mood. It can lift an entire country. Like You're seeing videos of fans in Marrakesh and Casablanca and the yeah. place looks mad and you're like, I want to go to Morocco. Yeah, I want to jump. I want to jump with play and go to Morocco because it looks like it's class crack out yeah. there. Um, like yeah, it's great to see Brazil and Argentina and be beautiful to see a World Cup semi final of the classic nations facing off. But you don't want that. You want to see something new. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to see Brazil and Argentina play in the World Cup, throw in the highlights of USA '94 or yeah. or Italian '90 or whatever. If you yeah. want to see those games, if you want to see. You want to see new stuff. You want to experience football. Is what I'm saying. You want to appreciate football in all its forms. Like I love the tactical battles going on. I loved watching Croatia go out and figuring how are we going to shut, how are we going to shut down Brazil's samba style? And yeah. their free flowing football. They were going to play dogged. We're going to play old school football. Like me and my daughter watching that game, putting the Christmas tree up. When see when uh, Chris scored the equaliser, when he knocked the Christmas tree down, <laughs> go mad over it because it was just oh, just, that's all I can imagine. Just going on the majority. Just, just loved, we just loved the tension of it. Like it was just like I love those games full of tension. Yeah. where a team who's no right to win is still sniffing about. Yeah, like I don't love it as much when Celtic's playing fucking Ross County, <laughs> and, and it's nil nil with five minutes to go. I hate that shit, but when I when I don't have a personal stake in it, I love to see it. <laughs> Joe what, lad, that's fair enough, Connor. I'm actually I'm wondering should I even come to you with this because <laughs> I know. I already already know the answer. I fail to know what your answer is going to be. It's like with Morocco, I think it's different to Croatia. With Morocco, it was like, do you know what? Fair play, they've beaten big teams. With Croatia, they've got a bit of luck. And are you asking me, would I rather see Argentina versus Brazil or Croatia versus Argentina? I'm taking Brazil over versus Argentina. I know what you're saying, go back to 1994, but these are different players. These are different teams. This would have been... This is a big rivalry. This would have been a classic game. It would have been an exciting game. Both teams would have went for it. I think Croatia's going to come in. They're going to play defensive. As you boys were saying, what do you think the score's going to be? 1-0? Uh, probably. Dogged yeah, game. They're yeah, going to park the bus. But like, you've seen this game already. Yeah. You're never going to see Morocco win a... Uh, well, no, Morocco's totally United, different. Morocco's a bit different to me. It's like, I understand Morocco now. I know they hurt me because of Spain. But I understand. <laughs> <laughs> they actually... They actually play, I think, a bit better football than Croatia. I know well, yeah. Croatia might have the better players like in midfield and stuff. He's, but not Morocco, asking you, he's not asking you about no, the quality of the game. He's asking you, would you rather say underdogs? No, you like seeing the underdogs. Can I not have both? A few underdog shocks. And then, like, the Argenti- like Argentina versus Brazil would have been an unbelievable game. Well, Brazil should have learned to take penalties then. <laughs> no, look, we're not. We're not, <laughs> we're not, to, we're not disputing I mean, that. We're not disputing that. Look, the 90, the 94 the point, oh, get 94 up. I don't understand that point. Look up back 40 years ago. But, like, I mean, but when's the last time Argentina played Brazil in a World Cup? 
in a semi-final I don't know in a massive game I don't know I think the last time they played was 1990 in like a last 16 game so we haven't really seen it if you get me in that way like Mm -hmm. a massive game I know they play each other in the qualifying but sure we'll see you know France-Croatia was the final of the World Cup we've seen that before that's what I'm saying. We're yeah. used to saying that. But that was shock. Croatia were shocked. They were going oh, through. I, you know, yeah, yeah. I think it's just a bit of both. But like you can, like, the point is, you can see these players facing off week in, week out. You see Messi and Neymar. But you don't want to see the best League. players, no? I'd rather see the best storyline, really. But the same Croatian players. I've seen, seen them too four years ago. Like That's basically like the same squad. I don't know what it is, but they're not supposed I think to be I, there. I like the idea of... Nobody giving somebody a chance, and then them shocking the world. No, I understand stage. that, but I, I I like the Moroccan point because I do think they play a bit of better football. Mm. They try and attack, they beating the best teams. I think with Croatia, they've just been very dogged, they're mm. defensive. I think it just would have been a better game. I understand where that guy's coming from. It would have been a better game. I think Morocco France. I think it'd still be a decent game. I think, yeah. we, were, I think we were saying this could be a decent game. It's a bit of both. It's not. Alright, so you're you're saying I like a few shocks. Yes, you like the shocks. You like to see the best players face off against yeah. each other, but. Ultimately, to you, you want to watch the best football match. Yeah. yeah so no, when I was sitting yeah, I there, that. I was sitting there. I said it as well. When Holland were playing Argentina, it wasn't even because I like Messi. It was because Holland plays such boring defensive football, and I'd rather see Argentina play. It's mm. not even like when you go player for player, Holland is probably a, 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 better, a better squad, side. better yeah, squad yeah. than than Argentina. But I just like to, it's not even to see the best player. It's just honestly the the more the best football. I like yeah. to see the best football. No, I understand that in that kind of way. Yeah, like no, more, I, I more like, yeah. yeah, like more yeah. like attacking, like yeah. attractive yeah, football. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Would have been exciting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I think I think Morocco that. France will be a good game too. Yeah, so I think that'll that'll be a good game because I think Morocco are different to Croatia in that way. Like they do play better football. Uh-huh. Yeah. I know they're defensively sound, but they do. As you're saying, Ziyech has been good, and you know their striker's been good. Like yeah. they do play better football. No, I understand what you're yeah. saying now. See, I thought you were just saying you'd like to see the big teams no, face off each other because it's the best players facing each other. No, but you want to watch the best football match. No, fair enough. No, I agree. I agree. The scenes of uh, Argentina Croatia finishes like five four. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been made to look stupid podcast <laughs> so many times. So yeah, well, I'll, I'll run through then, lads. What's what? Who are you taking? Morocco, France. Well, as I said, I have France in the sweepstake, but I'm, I'm taking Morocco because I'm not batting against them. I want them to win the World Cup. Taking Morocco, yeah. one. I, I'm going France because I think Olivier Giroud is just going to lead them, and he's a legend of man. I still think Giroud is going to be top scorer. He's still, still holding I, I, on that hope. I reckon Drew's using four goals now. I think he's top joint now. Top, isn't he? Three, Mbappe's is five. Is it three or is it four? Is he's that, four I three? think he's four because he scored. No, he scored two against Australia. Two, two against Australia. Scored against Poland. Uh-huh. And scored, last, four, night. scored yeah. last night four. Mbappe's yeah. five. So I still think Drew will still finish top scorer. Top scorer. I think he'll score in the semi-final. I think he will score in the final. So I'm taking France. I'm taking France. Connor. I really actually do want to take Morocco, but because you were, I think it was like the last 16 predictions, well, like who do you think is going to win it from here? I said France, and I think France just mm-hmm. have that big game experience. So I'm just going to go France. You're going to go France? Yeah. I ain't going to go Morocco. I'm going to go with you, or I'm going to yeah. go Morocco. I just have a feeling. I'm not, I'm like you, I'm not batting against yeah. them anymore because yeah. they made me look a dick so many times. <laughs> so <laughs> if they make me look a dick now and they lose, <laughs> the Morocco. <laughs> <laughs> Right, well, I think that's going to do it for um, this week's episode. We have a nice wee announcement for you that um, we're going to have three podcasts this week. We are going to have today's, which we hope you enjoy. We are going to have a podcast um, coming out on... It's being recorded on Thursday, coming out 
Probably coming out Thursday. Probably coming out Thursday. Yeah, as soon as it's recorded. Um, and then we have a podcast then on Monday. It'll either be Sunday night or Monday, just depending on, on when we're all free, and that'll yeah. just be a reaction to the final. So so that'll be it for all the World Cup content. Um, some of you will be happy to know. We will be happy. We will be happy to know, because I, I just want to get back to covering the yeah. Premier League. It has been, the World Cup has been better, though. It yeah, has, it's definitely picked on, up. But yeah. yeah, Premier League's the, it's, it was the one we were... So excited! It is. It is. Um, look, we're very excited to announce that we're going to have some really good content coming out on local football now as well. This will be coming after Christmas, though. We just want to get exams and stuff out of the way yeah. before we before we fully plug into getting um, this kind of content on. We're, we're we'll not reveal who we've got yet, but we have a couple of good interviews mm-hmm. um, sorted with some local football legends. And again, we're just keep on the lookout for them. They'll be coming out. Once again, you can find us on the Parlay Sports app now. We are now founding members. Please go to the Apple App Store. Download the Parlay Sports app. It is a fantastic app to use. I've really been enjoying using yeah, it. What about you guys? Yeah, it's yeah. Really good fun. It's a good place to jump in, have a football conversation. They want to promote inclusivity. They want to demote hatred within football and the best way to do that is come on make videos and, and your videos can be on absolutely any topic mm-hmm. we've made a, a good few parlays now over over the course of the world cup mm-hmm. especially with some of the shocks that have gone on it's a good way to get your immediate reactions yeah. out there and then so really enjoying using the app so please head to the apple app store download the parlay sports app that's p-r-l-y sports get it downloaded Orin, you have a nice wee announcement for us yeah. as well um so as of last night, we're officially on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on the Amazon Music and Audible apps, and we're also on, I can't quite remember the name of the podcast app, but it's the biggest one on the Apple App Store. Uh, I think it's called Pocket Casts. Oh, that is what yes. It's called, it's called Pocket, Pocket Casts. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so we're, we're officially on all of them platforms, so... You have absolutely no excuse not to listen <laughs> to the Bottom Men's podcast. <laughs> You've been told. <laughs> uh, no, look, we, we hope you're enjoying the podcast because um, we're loving making it. Yes, we are. Um, and we are. We're now available everywhere on all your main podcast apps and YouTube. And uh, we listened to the to the criticism. Yeah, we yeah, heard enough. We'll uh, people people told us that that we weren't on enough platforms. Mm-hmm. Now we're on every single one yep. of them. So yeah. we hope that that's now an excuse for people yeah. to, to come in and listen to us and look we just want to say guys we really 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 want to thank you for all the support that mm-hmm. we've received we're, we're overwhelmed yeah. Yeah. completely Great. overwhelmed like the views that we're hitting at the minute um, it, look YouTube it fluctuates a bit but you yeah. can expect that but the likes of our Spotify hits they are very consistent every week yeah. and we just want to say a massive massive thank you mm-hmm. we couldn't do this without you there'd be no reason for us to do this without you guys you know we feel like we've built up a loyal listener base mm-hmm. now and we just hope that you're enjoying the podcast look if you know us personally don't be afraid to shoot us a message let us know how you're feeling mm-hmm. about the pod yeah. let us know if there's anything you'd like us to talk about mm. you know we're absolutely open to any suggestions that you have but as as as, as the bottom bins family here we just want to say thank you so mm-hmm. so much because your support really means the world to us we feel like we've built up an audience and we feel like we're making the podcast for you guys at the end of the day. And if you're enjoying it and we're enjoying making it, well, then long may it continue. Yeah. Our main goal starting this was for you to be involved in our conversation because we love talking football and we know a lot of people love talking football. 
So we just hope you're enjoying the conversation with us. We hope you're giving your opinions. Obviously, we can't hear them, but we want to hear them. Yeah, yeah. Text yeah. us your opinions. Please yeah, text hopefully. us. Leave comments. Listen. Comment on YouTube or on our tweets yeah. or whatever. Tweets or whatever. If, Look, if you, if you think we're message. talking shade, tell us we're talking yeah, shade. shade. Yeah. What do you yeah. think? Tell us what you think we should be talking about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Look, we have a, on our Spotify, We I, I, I try my best um, whenever I'm uploading it, I try and put a poll underneath mm-hmm. the, the, the Spotify episode. So, get involved you know don't be afraid to you know text us comment underneath our videos let us know what you're thinking let us know what you want us to talk about because we're open to absolutely anything mm-hmm. whether it be positive or whether it be negative we're, we're happy to listen to every opinion that the people have to share with us so once again keep it bottom bins if you're, li- if you're listening on YouTube please like subscribe hit, share. That, hit that share button comment if you're listening on Spotify please hit that share button and like Orrin said we're now available on all platforms mm-hmm. So you have no excuse to not listen to the Bottom Men's podcast. Make, make sure we're on your Spotify drop next year. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Number um, one spot. <laughs> Number one spot. Just before we finish up, of course, here at the Bottom Bends, uh, there's three journalists and McYardle. <laughs> um, we'd just like to offer our condolences to Grant Wall, who unfortunately lost his life uh, at the World Cup. Yeah. yeah, He was a world-renowned sports journalist, and he was great at what he'd done. And it's just unfortunate he's lost his life. So our condolences yeah. do go out to Grant Wall and his family. Absolutely. absolutely. And he was he was a top, top journalist. Mm-hmm. Some yeah. of his work was absolutely fantastic. And yeah. Very well respected. Very well respected. Yeah. And mm-hmm. a guy who honestly wanted to promote change mm-hmm. within the industry. And guys like that are very important mm-hmm. to highlight. Yeah. Um, just a real shame that unfortunately he's, he's passed on yeah. now. So. Yeah. so once again, we just want to say a massive thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this episode and there's plenty more content within this next week. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.